Welcome to the Cincy Postcast. I'm your host, Kevin Wallace, and we have a special episode for you because we recorded immediately after the Open Cup win versus New York City FC. A heck of a game. FC Cincinnati, of course, wins one to nothing to advance the furthest they have ever been in the Open Cup since 2018. An exciting time. On top of that, in part two, we are hitting all sorts of MLS news. Match fixing in MLS? New stadiums abound and an expansion team about to come? It sounds like a postcast to me. And to talk about all of that and more, I am joined by the one and only, and I do mean one and only, only. Chief. <laughs> Chief, how are we doing tonight? Feeling good. It's uh, Is it feeling like 2018 again? Am I the only one getting 2018 vibes right here? Cup run, baby. Let's let's see those Cincy shirts, uh, cup run shirts. Let's go. <laughs> let's go. I missed this. I missed I missed us in the U.S. Open Cup being a thing. I, I just yeah. We talked about it last week. This was, these were some of the happiest sports memories I think I've had living in Cincinnati. And to be fair, if you're under the age of 35, 40, there aren't a lot to choose from in terms of great Cincinnati sports memories. But like (laughs) the cup, we're back. It's, it's playoff soccer. It's playoff sports, but it's playoff sports where like your team doesn't try for the first couple of games. It's very weird, but like it's, there are stakes. You get knocked out. The, the run is over for you if you lose. It's it's playoff soccer. It's single elimination. It would be like if the NCAA tournament in basketball was kind of an afterthought until you hit the Sweet 16. It would be like if if Xavier or UC, when they make the tournament, they play all the walk-ons in the first game. And if they happen to win that, they mix in a few of the starters for the second game. Yeah. And then, you know, if you get by that, then okay. Hey, maybe it's let's time try. to try now. Let's try now. I just, I, why is that? Why, why this, this sport, this is like an, like an existential question I've been having for a while. Cause you were talking about this last week about how, Historically, MLS has seen the Open Cup as something they want to do away with. But I don't know. On paper, if you just take a step back and just look at what this is. Yes. On paper, it has things Americans love about sports. Yeah. Americans love single elimination tournaments. We love them. Love them. Like the best playoff formats in the world. The NFL playoff format, single elimination tournament. The NCAA tournament. Single elimination tournament. We Perfect. love it. We love winner take all. Big thing. America loves this. Um, it's got underdog stories. Yes. It's got small small programs going up against big programs. Big money going up against like little money. America yes. loves that. On yes. paper, that should be a big hit. Yeah. Um, it's, got, is, history. it's, got, it's history. got history. It's got history. It's old. Right, you can it's go, old. go compare the uh, oh shoot, what was that team from uh, from Boston? The uh, the the young boys abstination club or whatever. They have records in this tournament, right? It's got like you know, it's got people that have names like Three Fingers McGraw that played in tournaments <laughs> like this and shit like that. Like Americans love that. If yes. you look hard enough, there's probably grainy black and white footage of this tournament being played. People love history. This is. 
We love talking about this hasn't been done since a match between the Boston Bean Eaters and like <laughs> and like the St. Louis Rivermen yes. of 1923, which the cup was disrupted by World War One and World War Two. And just, you know, I, people love this shit. Why is this not bigger? I don't know. It really shows you just how bad U.S. soccer has managed this. And it's also disappointing that MLS teams just don't care. It's like th this is truly the downside of the single entity MLS because MLS only cares about itself. For the longest time, MLS teams barely cared about the CONCACAF Champions League. All of a sudden, now they care about it. But for years, it was just sort of a meh. We'll see what happens. We'll run out the kids. It'll be a fun experience for them to go to Mexico for a week. Um, and yeah, I, no, I, I I love this tournament, and I love that FCC kind of tried tonight. <laughs> okay, so one last thing before we move on please. to this game. Yes, please. Help me understand this. Even if MLS doesn't care, yeah, it's fine. That's MLS, single entity, organization, sure. whatever. Given the cup history in this town recent history in this yes. town i would wager to say that if you put a chart up of everyone that's bought a match ticket to watch fc cincinnati play in tql stadium a lot of them were either at those open cup games in 2018 or those were things that put fcc on their radar yes why given that if the club's gonna host we're bidding to host we're bidding to host a tql stadium and it was fine it was a lovely night tonight I sat in the first financial club with uh, former president of the Pride, Chris White, and his lovely fiance, Jesse. Jonah was there with the family. It was a lovely evening in the nice. expensive seats. I was yelling at Grayson a few rows down. Um, <laughs> why, given all that, wouldn't this club try to make the Open Cup a bigger deal? Like, I why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you call know. on the history, the memories? Why wouldn't you be? flooding people's inboxes with remember when and pictures of GB scoring headers. I don't know. It just feels like this town, it shouldn't be hard to get this town to get behind the open cup. No. And it's playoffs. It's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's an easy sell. I think FCC is what four games away from a trophy. How far can they make it come out tonight? You know, discount drinks, discount ticket prices. Like, right. it's pretty straightforward. And I don't know why teams don't try. I don't know why we don't run out the full first team lineup for this game. Like, especially with the bye week coming up. But still, like, if your team can't add, what is it, five games to a 32, 36 game schedule, that's pretty weak especially FCC, who doesn't have CONCACAF Champions League. I mean, we'll see what the League's Cup ends up being, but this doesn't add that much to your plate. These are professional athletes. They can play. They can be substituted out. I can understand some amount of squad rotation. Don't get me wrong, but I don't see any reason why you don't try. I agree with you completely. I just don't get it. And I don't get it, like I said, especially in this city where yeah. – it would not be hard to have a marketing intern or a production guy in the club put together a sizzle reel to yes. sell this game to fans. Just there's there are so many recent great memories in the Open Cup for FC Cincinnati that every year this should be our tournament. People in this town should know better than just about anywhere else in America what this tournament can mean to a city, 
to a team. And I would, if I'm running the marketing for this club, I would market the Open Cup as where soccer in Cincinnati got on the map. This is how we became a major league city because of your support and that team that made magic together. And I don't know. It just feels like I, I had a blast tonight. We're going to talk about the game here in a second, but it just feels like a missed opportunity. And I don't think it would be that hard to really hype these games up and really sell tickets to these games. I don't. Yeah. Do you think MLS tells them not to try? <laughs> like, like there's a, a league mandate to they can't start X percentage of starters or whatever. <laughs> I don't know, but like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't put anything past this league, but it's not like other – like St. Louis is going gaga over the cup. They sold yeah. a shitload of tickets to their cup match. I mean, just – and I understand it's got that new team and new stadium smell and they're going to do anything and everything, but that's us too. Like – I find yeah. it really hard to believe that if we're drawing 25,513 fans to games, that there aren't 15 to 20,000 people that would buy a discounted or even, you know, non-dynamic priced like face value ticket to go watch the Open Cup. I just don't believe, I believe, I don't believe that that doesn't happen. I bet you they make more money if they were just to tack on 10 bucks to every season ticket and just include all of the Open Cup games. Yeah. Right. Hell, if I if I was running the team, I, I said this to Chris tonight. If I was running the team, I would make it a special perk of having Bailey tickets that you get the open cup too. Yeah, other people have to buy their tickets, but if you have Bailey tickets, you get open cup tickets too. We just add them onto your account. Congratulations, thanks for being here. Why I not? Like that. What do you, what do you lose? You're you're giving you're giving tickets to people who are probably going to show up and drink enough beer to offset what you're losing and gate <laughs> on these tickets anyway. In the atmosphere more than makes up for it because that's what you're getting out of the Bailey and you're not even guaranteed to host a single game. So there are potential seasons where that benefit just doesn't materialize. Right. <laughs> or you lose early and it's like, Oh, well, if we only would have hosted a game, you would have gotten that. You would have gotten in free with your Bailey ticket. I don't know. I just, I just think that that, yeah, I think it could be so much more than it really is. Yeah. So, so I was happy when I saw the starting lineup tonight and it appeared that they were taking this match seriously and that they were looking to to go for it. Yeah, it was still slightly mixed, but I mean, this is pretty close to the starting lineup. Obviously, uh, can in for Celentano, Murphy in for Hagland on the back line, but then moved over to the left side. So we got to see Yerson Mascara on the right side. I want to say for the first time this season, I don't remember that. Gaddis and Barriel back outside on that uh the wing back position, Woboto and Pinto. It was uh, Junior Moreno getting an off night. Kubo in for Acosta, Vasquez up top, and instead of Santos or Brenner, he's next to Dombaji. And yeah, I thought this is pretty good. I like seeing Kubo in that 10 role. And I got to be honest with you, that's my first note I had here, uh, which was, well, one, my first note was literally, Yuya Kubo can't buy a foul. Um, I don't no. know what is what is wrong with every referee in the United States, but they don't seem to, to measure him well. Uh, but I think I want to start there. I thought Kubo had a hell of a game. I, I don't know what your impression of that was. I thought Kubo played very well. I thought Kubo was there was no favors to Kubo in that. I think that my overall impression of this game yeah. is that this was more evidence 
that this team does not have a plan without Lucho Acosta in the lineup. It just doesn't. It, you can see in the midfield something is missing without his creative spacing and his yeah. ability to pick out good passes. And when he doesn't have the ball to move in such a way that it opens space because people flow to him. It's almost like a mini black hole passing through, <laughs> you know, yes. and you can see the gravity depression drawing things to it. Like it's some 3d animation, but like I thought Kuba played very, very well. It just the first half when he was playing, there just wasn't a lot of great space and great opportunities for buildup. And but when he did have the ball, what I love about him is that he's willing to challenge people. Yes. That he's, willing to, he's willing to take the ball. And there are too many people on this team who are very willing to, if it doesn't look perfect, I'm going to pass it and I'm going to cycle it back to somebody else. And we are waiting for the perfect moment to do something. And so what you lead to is a lot of possession where it's Miazga passing to Ian Murphy, Ian Murphy passing to Ray Gaddis, and they just keep cycling it. And then they try to pick a ball into the middle. It's yep. closed down and it's passed back out. I like that Kubo is always has an aggressive mentality with the ball. And yeah, it was fun to see. Yeah. He's a sneaky ball winner as well. And I think that that works out really well with him being up top there. Um, yeah, ground duels won four of five. That's yeah. impressive. You don't see that from Lucho Acosta. No. Um, and yeah, I like it was sort of the the joke of the the Yapstam era that Kubo became a defensive midfielder, but he he certainly picked up a trick or two along the way there. So right. I I'd love, I really I'd like love that. to see him play with Lucho. I would love I to see what he looks like with Lucho Acosta on the field to be that person that is changing space and opening opportunities for runs because those two, I think they would produce a little bit of magic together. I just want to see it just one time before. Yeah. I guess we already, I mean, Yuya's never leaving. We've already established that. <laughs> but just one time before, Lu, before Yuya leaves, I'd like to see what that looks like with him and, and Kuba, with him and Lucho on the field at the same time. I think Kubo would do very well as a second striker with either Santos or Vasquez because of his willingness to drop back. And to me, the storyline of the first half was Yuya Kubo's outside of the box shooting. I think he had two or three shots uh, in that first half that were just absolute rockets. Uh, the team you know, look like they were knocking on the door on the stat sheet, but it was all Kubo firing howitzers from, from outside the 18. And he had one going at the Bailey. I, I hope, I hope nobody was hurt when it eventually landed uh, because that one just barely skimmed over the bar. I, oh, just I thought for sure. Blast. Yeah. I thought that was going to kill. Someone. Oh. <laughs> he also, he also sniped somebody in the second half with another headshot too, yes. which I just, I love that. That's his, that's his bit now. And that's makes me really, really happy. <laughs> it's a useful skill to have in the back pocket. You'll get you start getting 11, 12 yards on those free kicks. <laughs> right. No, they they, they have, you have to have your head on a swivel when when you is standing over the ball with his leg going back. Um No, I I was I was pleased with I mean it's hard to, you know, you you won the game. I didn't think the first half was great soccer from FC Cincinnati. With yeah. the players they had on the field, I would have thought that they pro possibly could have done a little bit better. Um I was pleased with Ian Murphy. I thought that he had looked kind of weak yes. the last time he'd been out, but I thought that he looked good. You always have to 
the caveat is, is you know that New York was rotating heavily as well. And there it's never a great sign for a team when you look on the roster and it's a lot of numbers in the 90s and 80s that are on the field. But um, yeah, but I thought Murphy acquitted himself really well. Um, it probably helps. That he's got Miazga right there next to him, who I think yeah. would make anyone look good. And speaking of Miazga, he had an, a great quote that I just want to draw Please. attention to. And it kind of dovetails back to what we started the episode with. He gave a quote to Laurel Failer that she uh, referenced in one of her latest things where he agrees with my take. He said, if the games were promoted differently, there's no reason Wednesday open matches couldn't draw close to sellouts like the next weekend's Montreal will. He said, Miazga said, but I still think it's important. You know, at the end of the day, it's a trophy. You add silverware to the club, means you get an easier route in the CONCACAF Champions League, which is important as well. And it sounded like he wanted to play. Like, um, he said specifically, we want to play games. Everybody talks about load management and stuff, but we are professional players. We need to be ready. When you're fighting for trophies, you're fighting for important games. There's no time to be tired. There's no thing, time to think about, oh, I got to preserve my legs. No, you go out there and you go for the win. I mean, we love football. We want to be playing games. We want to be playing for trophies. So that's my mentality. I read that and I was like, you know what? <laughs> so I, I wanted to be fired out of a cannon tonight. Like, put that up there. Have that scrolling on the LED light bars. That line on the uh, on the stadium. So I was. I thought, and he showed it. He went out there and acted. Yeah. He had a hell of a game too. No, that uh, he really did. I, I love that quote as well. Uh, and yeah, like, why not? Like, these guys are professional athletes. They should be pretty fit uh, to to be able to do this. Um, yeah, I don't know. They, I'm trying to think. I thought Vasquez had a half-decent first half. I, I thought he actually looked pretty good in the first half, despite, of course, not scoring in the first right. half, which is his MO. But he looked better than he had in the past. I I thought it was funny and have such a great second half in my opinion. Of course, that's where he gets the goal, uh, right. and I'll go there next. But was there anything else in the first half you wanted to touch on? Um, I thought the officiating was poor. I know it's like you know, yeah. just you know, drink if you're playing the drinking <laughs> game at home. But um, I thought that there were some yellow cards that were kind of silly. Like I didn't mm-hmm. think Waboto's yellow card was a yellow card. No, um, I didn't think I didn't think Mascara's yellow card was a yellow card. Um, Waboto's yellow, he got the ball first. Yeah, like, no, it was, it was. And I know a, that's not carte blanche to, you know, destroy the, the player, but like it was a pretty clean tackle. It was. Um, and then the aforementioned, I think Yuya Kuba got annihilated at the top of the 18 mm-hmm. in the first half, and there was just not even Nothing. the ref wasn't, he turned around immediately, like, that's just what you do to Yuya Kuba. You beat the shit out of him. <laughs> that's how this rolls. Um, yeah. I did not think the officiating was good in this match. I thought the officiating um, favored New York heavily, mm-hmm. almost to the point where I, I looked over and I said, um, well, of course, they're getting the whistle. They feel bad for them because they think we should be steamrolling them with these guys we've got out there. So they feel, so- <laughs> they feel sorry for them. So, um, but otherwise, yeah, the, my takeaway going into the first half was that I felt like they should have probably, just based on paper and the lineup skills, been up a goal. But mm-hmm. I also didn't feel angry about it. I was like, you know what? They're... They're doing what you got to do in the cup. And it didn't make me feel better that I saw Columbus was up five to one at half or five nothing at half. I'm like, oh, well, that's what <laughs> that, that's what you do in the cup. You beat the shit out of somebody. But um, yeah, I, I and I knew that there was enough firepower on the bench that I didn't feel too bad about it going in going into the break. Yeah, I, I had the same sort of vibe like 
this team at this point, we know what this team is like. We we know who they are. And yeah, you'll take the clean sheet going into the half because you know that means you're probably getting a clean sheet this game. And you you'll trust the offense to somehow miracle their way into yeah. a goal. Uh start of the second half, pretty quickly we get Barial's corner to one Brandon Pancakes Vasquez <laughs> heads the ball in, gets back on the score sheet. It's been a while for the young man. Good moment for Brandon Vasquez, but maybe even better moment for hashtag Barrial to take every corner ever. Uh, pretty good, pretty good play there. I don't know. <laughs> pretty good play. Um, good for Brandon. He didn't have, a, have to do a lot. It was a yes. mild level deflection, but you know what? I mean, anything for this guy they all count and <laughs> you're you are one goal away as a striker from going on a hot streak and god would this be a great time with hell is real looming in Oof. a week and a half for brandon to go on a little bit of a hot streak right here um playing his 100th match i think they announced before the game yes in an fc cincinnati uniform so that's kind of cool i have this thought too this is that you know it is what it is that if they really want to like get the crowd hype for a game, they always introduce Brandon Vasquez last yes. on, the, on the player intro. And I think what they should do for his, and this is a free advice for anyone from FC Cincinnati listening. What they should do is when they introduce him, they should say a striker from San Diego, California, but now residing in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this crowd would hype. Oh, they, oh. They, they would, they would, it would eat it up. It would be incredible. <laughs> We have to fact check that though. I don't know if Vasquez has a home in like Kentucky or something. Westchester. Yeah. <laughs> the greater Cincinnati area. We'll have that fight again. It all counts. It all counts. Um yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was good to see him on there. Uh but again, Bariel's corners are so much better than Lucho's. They're really, really good. They're they, really, uh, really good. <laughs> I, I forgot about it too in the first half. Uh they finally did a short corner. Or I should say a medium corner. Uh, Barriel kicks it out to Kubo who crossed it in. And that damn near scored as well. And just yeah. whenever Barriel's on these corners, on these dead balls, it is so much better than Lucho. I just, I don't know how much more evidence needs to be there before Noonan, I don't know, confesses that it's in Lucho's contract that he <laughs> takes every corner. Like, I don't know what's going on here. I'd be interested in doing that same play, but with Lucho in Kubo's spot, and just to see if Lucho <laughs> has better delivery if he's 10 yards further up the field versus standing at the spot. I promise you, with the ball rolling to him, he would be so much better with it. Right. <laughs> and there's always a chance that he might try to nutmeg a defender and get a little closer before he takes he take, puts it in. I'm okay and with that. I would love to see that. Yes. Yeah. Let's, no, let's see that yeah. happen. Let's do that. Let's get after it. Let's do that. Um, the uh, only other play I want to draw attention to before we get too deep into this was yeah. I think it was in the second half. I don't know. I didn't write it down. But um, Yerson Mascara had one of the worst clearances I've ever seen in my life where <laughs> he turned around and just kicked the ball out for a corner from like 25 yards with nobody around him. It was in, like it was the tennis equivalent of serving the ball into the second deck. I've never seen like something quite that bad to the point where I was wondering, and I wonder if what your take on this is, do you think he's being ordered to put one horror play on the highlight reel per game? 
so that they can just send that to wolves and be like, oh man, this guy, you don't want this guy back. Look what he did right here. He like conceded a corner. They almost scored off that. Like, come on, he's not ready. He's not Premier League quality. Just let him be here for another couple months. It'll be okay. That's the only piece of this that actually makes any sense because he had a damn near flawless game other than that. He had a, a moment early in the, the first half where he like dribbles through three defenders himself and Almost crosses falls the ball. Over and yes. then like gets back on his feet with the ball and continues was, moving towards goal. It was like the most Barry Sanders soccer play I've ever seen in my life. Oh, and he was, was, of course, twice the size of all the guys he's running through. Incredible! Too. <laughs> I love I, that. I love that man so much. I was like, man, it's. I'm going to chain myself to the airplane <laughs> when they send him back to Wolves. Like, I'm gonna, it's going to be like, it's going to be me at like the boarding door for the flight in like CVG, like with like a padlock on my arm. Like, no, you can't take him. No one's going anywhere. This is a terrible joke, but I'm imagining now the uh, the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan, but it's all members <laughs> of the Bailey trying to cling no, on to the plane. No. You can't take him. He's our son, not yours. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, stay woke. Do we trade Yersin Mosquera for Raul Jimenez from Wolves this summer? Keep an eye on it, folks. 32-year-old mm. Mexican striker. Mm. Distressed asset. Uh, <laughs> mm. We'll take it. We'll take his contract on as long as you let yours and mascara stay with us for another couple, uh, <laughs> another couple months. Ooh, that might be worth it. <laughs> like a like an expiring contract in the NBA or something like that to get the deal done. <laughs> yeah, we'll see how the rest of this money here. Uh, um, they yeah, score no. the, they score the goal, and then yeah, the moment when I felt very confident was when your hero, my hero, our hero the diminutive number 10 soccer Yoda. I termed him tonight. Powerful, <laughs> wise, very small. Yeah. Judge him by his size. Do not. Um, he came onto the field and again, it was like a, an immediate level up in the ability of the attack. Like all of a sudden yeah. those little passing games were working. Uh, they were able to move the ball efficiently around the midfield. And it's just, it's a different team when Lucho Acosta comes in, it just doesn't matter. And I know Miazga, you know, just said that they don't want to be resting their legs and they don't want the management, blah, 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 blah. Lucho, as a super sub, with all the energy in the world to expend over the last 20, 25 minutes, is an entirely different version of Lucho as well. We've <laughs> seen that versus Louisville. We've seen that versus Chicago. We saw that again tonight. Um, I love it. And I really don't mind super sub Lucho for the Open Cup if the rest of the team can get us to the point where he can come in and immediately win or save the day. Uh, Cause it works really, really well. It I wouldn't want a whole really season well. of it, but yeah, <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't want a whole season of it only because it means we would be losing out of like 70 minutes of Lucho a game. And that's just, yes. that's, that's not acceptable from what, based on what we've seen, but I thought he came in and played really well and it was just fun to watch. Um, the other person I thought where I was like, okay, baby steps i thought marco angulo came in and played effectively for the like the 10 minutes he was in the game had a couple decent challenges won a couple balls that i thought were really good um made at least one decent pass moving up the sidelines that i thought was a good touch that i noted so baby steps like progress happens yep. however progress happens and i thought angulo 
in the limited amount of time that he had to show in this game, I thought he showed himself pretty well. Oh, completely agree there. Uh, one person who I am souring on and I, I, I feel bad about it is Ray Gaddis. This yeah. was not a great game from him last week or the last game was not a great game for him. He had a terrible moment in the second half was it where he just completely loses his man on a corner and it is a miracle that new york didn't score on that one and he was also the one who lost um the dc defender last week that that gave up the clean sheet and oh it was uh was he lost taxi fuentes last week wasn't it yeah has back-to-back weeks with some real bad and it's not even a physical thing it's not like he can't keep up to him it's a mental lapse and you you pair that with the fact that Powell looked like he won the starting job against DC and I wouldn't mind not seeing Gaddis for a while I'm curious with him specifically whether or not they feel that they need the defense from him in terms of like overall but then yeah if like if you're gonna play him for defense he can't have defensive lapses but i i just i think it's a i think there's a weird trust thing for powell that just isn't there for some reason because they just they like ray what ray brings and i know that we heard this before in the preseason that like they like ray's professionalism on the field and him being sort of the calming influence and you know, when your team captain is a little bit of a, I'm going to go up and I'm going to yap in the ref's face, to, which I love. Don't get me wrong. I love chaotic Lucho energy, but maybe they think they need a little bit of that Ray Gaddis uncool dad vibe tucking his jersey in on the field. Yeah, I like, too, that our, our backup captain, as it were, is Miazga, who is even more of a hothead than Lucho. Who's more That's of a just... shit, like, even a hothead, a shithead. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, Lucho yeah, yeah, is yeah. a hothead. Lucho is a shithead to people. And Miazga is the <laughs> ultimate shithead. Like, I, I genuinely believe Matt Miazga looks on the field for someone shorter than him to go pick on whenever he's playing. <laughs> that is exactly it. Uh, yeah, every like the first corner of every game, Miazga just, I don't know, needs to be throwing punches in his mind because every single time the ref has to go in, break up some fight between Miazga and whoever he's deemed is his target for this game. And, yeah. uh, and he he's moves never- along. He's a little bit of a hockey goon, which I love tremendously. Um, I love that energy that he brings. Uh, yeah. yeah. And so. I mean, speaking of hockey goons, special guest appearance on, on the pod here. We just got we just got Zoom crashed. I forget the pre-pandemic or the pandemic term. Zoom bombed. We just got Zoom bombed by Grace and Chalmers. <laughs> hey guys. Oh boy. Oh, yeah, no. I didn't think I'd make it, but I... <laughs> I, mean, Coming in I, have no, I have no idea what you said. I just figured I'd I'd jump in and defend I mean, uh, defend my boy, uh, whoever you criticized. No, we you were you wanted to you want to defend someone. Let's defend your take that Alec Khan isn't an elite level goalkeeper for FC Cincinnati after his performance tonight. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Alec Khan is a very good goalkeeper. Or at least wow. I certainly I certainly haven't heard of any goalkeeper named Alec Khan. No, um, I do wrath. think Alec. I do think Alec Can is a very good goalkeeper <laughs> for FC Cincinnati. I think he's a very nice backup for uh, Roman Celentano. 
Oh, he had a man. hell of a game. He honestly, did. yeah, like, he really no, did. great, great shot stopping. His distribution was I didn't notice anything horrendous about it. And a couple of great saves in this game from oh, yeah. Mr. Can, especially the header that I'm sure you guys have already acknowledged. I don't we know that not. we did. So there you oh, go. There we go. go. We just there acknowledged we it. <laughs> we were we were getting towards the end of the game here. Um, we, we had pretty well touched on, uh, touched was on your, everything your, I was, was hoping to. What was your so, take yeah. about this game from yeah. four rows ahead of me in the first financial club? Uh, I think the game like sucked mostly. Okay. <laughs> I mean, the winning um, part was cool. No, yeah, yeah for sure. And I, I, I do love to win, especially at home. Um, I think that uh, I think the team should have dictated play a little bit more than they did. Um, I think the, I mean, broken record, but I think the officiating was terrible. Yes. Um, the the very early yellow cards that we saw yeah. that was like kind of crazy. But then we also were like, yellow cards are like this. It's the open cup. Nobody cares. Like, yeah, but got, it, it matters like in the game, though. Like if if like Mascara gets a yellow card at like the 11th minute or whatever he got, like it does affect the game. Yeah, it and does. I, and and I'm, I'm opposed to anything that that like limits our our arson because <laughs> my my guy plays with such. Such like free flowing flair <laughs> and joy and emotion. Like, yeah, I was trying to look up the open cup yellow card accumulation rules, and you'll be shocked to learn that US soccer's website isn't very easy to navigate on this. Yeah. So, if I, somebody I knows those about, rules, I thought about that. I assume it's like three. Yeah, I, probably. I looked it up and it said you need 404 of them, file not found. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I do remember GB. It says you have network connectivity error. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Typed in I, your symptoms. <laughs> I wanted I wanted Brandon to like shine a little more. Yeah. Um he didn't. He did get the goal, which was nice. Got, got the goal. Um when it happened from my seat, I was thinking Elliptica uh, Olympico. Yeah. Yeah, um, he wanted that. You could tell based on the delivery of that ball that he was trying for another one. If he didn't, if if Brandon didn't touch it, I still think it's probably good for him to get it. Yeah, yes, no. mentally, emotionally, yeah. yes. <laughs> you, well, it would be really funny if every single player on the team was like, "We need to get him going, no matter what happens on this shot. If it goes in." We're all gonna gaslight Brandon and be like, "That was you, man." He's like, "I didn't even feel it. Apparently, it was me." Don't watch also, any replays. Don't watch any replays, man. It was incredible. Don't also spoil here's, it. Also, my my last like overarching thought is like, refs have to like Google Maxim Chino at some point. Like, <laughs> like he's very clearly who he is. Yes. You can't just fall for whatever bullshit he does. Like there was a when he went on the ground, the reason that everybody in the stadium started booing him. Yeah, he wasn't fouled. He wasn't no. anything. He just he just dropped down. And any official, I don't care that they're not like pro referees or whatever. Everybody should know about Chanel at this point. 
Yeah. You know, that's why it always shocked me when Arjun Robin used to keep getting calls. Like at some point, it these games are on TV. Like it's you like can, it's like Diego Costa. Yeah, yeah, you can figure out who the guy that never <laughs> that always falls down is. And at some point, shouldn't your reputation start to factor into shit a little bit? It's like, nah, man, like I'm not buying this one. You might convince other fuckers of this, but not me. That's that's terrible, though. Like it's the the fact that like like as a as a Premier League fan before I was an FC fan, I always felt like uh, Diego Costa should like just be expelled from the league entirely. Yeah, you are. <laughs> the, the idea that he was ever eligible for any game was insane to me. <laughs> You're talking to a man who owns a Diego Costa Chelsea jersey, and yeah, he is like, my favorite player that has played for that team over the last 20 years. But it's like, <laughs> why? Why do you why do you just why do you let these these players do that? And Chanel Chanel is like that for MLS. Like Chanel is like I think by far the most like I th- I think Chanel is the dirtiest player in MLS. Ooh, it's a claim. You, you know what would stop that? Is if on the first time a ref just walked up, just gave him a card. It's like, nope, yeah. not tonight, asshole. Right. I've been been saying this. First time. First time. Yes. Like, no what nope. Right like, here. That's like, the, that's the way You have been doing be. this for a while. We know what you do. Not yeah. today. Not today. Enjoy playing the rest of this match on a on a yellow. Congratulations, yeah. sir. Just give it to him before the game kicks off. Well, go Just, to honestly, court. yes. Or literally, <laughs> your reputation precedes well, you. <laughs> if you if you're an official, why wouldn't you there this pregame warm-up? Why wouldn't you go up to his coach and be like, hey, we know officials we know and we talk to each other we know your guy number four chanel we know that he falls down and fake shit so you let him know we're watching for it tonight and he's gonna get a yellow just we're fair warning first time it happens first time he flops it's a card tell him to knock it the fuck off and you know what happened it would stop if they started carding people for this shit yeah so it'd be nice. I, hope, I hope you guys have had a nice episode so far it's we have cool. we have it's been, it's we been uh, we we pretty well recapped the match. Let me ask you this. Uh do you also want to see a midfield with Kubo and Lucho at the same time? Absolutely, yeah. 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 I don't know why we can't get this. Yeah. Uh Kubo's outside of the box shooting just adds so much oh, more. Oh man, you guys I'm sure you guys talked about it, but his his outside the box shot tonight that the the goal it was like that was a tough that was a tough hit too. Yeah. 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 Like it was on a bounce. Yeah, he almost, he almost murdered a spectator in the Bailey with it. it was, <laughs> yeah, but I love how much love Kuba gets from the fans. Yes, he's just been the, here long enough. He's yeah. been here a while, and I think the fans understand. And it's like it's something very uniquely Cincinnati that everyone understands. Kuba works hard. Yeah, that he's incredibly underappreciated, and he's and nice think, with it. Yeah, and like he has, he has never once ever bitched or caused a problem you never about hear about him being a drama queen or anything no. like that even though he was brought in as a dp yeah and is now a reserve and i think too also, every think reason to be yeah and i think everyone understands too that he gets the absolute shit beat out of him with yeah. no calls yeah. never Stop complains Asian about hate. yeah yes uh absolutely and yeah i do think there's a fan appreciation for like 
how he was mistreated under the previous regime. Like, I, I hope people appreciate that. I might yeah. be reading more into that. No, I think I, I, no, I, I think people think, do. I think people honestly understand that it's like, man, you were in the worst no win situation and you're still here. You didn't try to force your way out like good on you. Uh, we wouldn't we wouldn't have had that much grace in your position. <laughs> I, I took a guy to a game in 2021 who is Belgian and yeah. like knew about Kubo from the Belgian league. <laughs> right. Nice. And like first to start the game, he was confused about like Kubo's position. And then he was confused Fair. about like Kubo being subbed out of the game. <laughs> because he's like, oh, cool. he's been the best player. What's going on here? Yeah. Well, I mean, right. he wasn't the only one that was confused. The manager was also confused as to what <laughs> yeah, position yes. In 2021, the manager was very confused. <laughs> the general manager was also confused. Uh, I don't, uh, the last player we haven't talked about, oh, I'll touch on this. Baji's not very good at this anymore, is no. he? No, I don't, think he's, yeah. I don't think he's very good. No, I think, uh, I think that's a. You want to talk about a depreciating asset? That's a depreciating asset, just not offering a lot to this yeah. team right now. But you know, like if he comes, if he comes back on like a non-option voodoo uh, for a deal. senior minimum, sure. Yeah, I'm I, sure he's he's another guy where we have like 15 options that have already been exercised by the fact yeah. that he played in this Open Cup game. <laughs> hey, you know what I'll point. say about Don Baji? <laughs> but honestly, like hand up. They needed minutes from someone tonight because Archimedes Ordonez was down in Guatemala at the U-20 and uh, he gave them minutes of he yeah. was out there and played and didn't do anything horrible either. I think I think Baji's always given minutes for sure. Yeah, but and I'd almost can't. rather see the 19 year old striker just because like. But he's he's in Argentina. Okay, then the 18-year-old. So there's surely there is another striker on FCC2 that isn't Ordonez and Baji. Isn't there? You know who's turning up in the USL right now? Nick Markanik. Oh, Good. man. That's true. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Can we loan him in? Does that, is that how that Bring works? Bring him home. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, no, the, the last person I wanted to talk about here, Alvaro Barriel, again. Oh, the king. Stellar performance. Goal dangerous no, he's not, as he's ever. Not the, he's not the king. I've decided that Alvis Powell is now Elvis Powell, and he's the king. You guys have <laughs> talked about you guys talk about Malik Pinto, I assume? He was fine. Yeah. I mean, like, he didn't do anything one way or the other that was infuriating. We, you know, he was all right. Yeah, no, I think, I think, I think Pinto continues to give... Uh, Quality minutes. Pinto and Murphy are on that same level of like, they don't offer anything special, but they're certainly quote unquote floor raisers that Albright brought in and they, they do just fine to plug in and it's good. That's a good thing. I would put, I'd put Pinto above Murphy at this point. I don't think Pinto like, I don't think Pinto like ever like hurts the team. I was about to say the same thing. I would like, I would like to see him like, turn the ball upfield and like make more positive passes. Sure. But like he's very secure. Um, yeah, that's and true. he's, he's very state. I think he's like, I think he's like a very stable player and, yeah, for, and for depth, like in the midfield. Yeah. I think that's important. I, yeah. I didn't think there was anything he did tonight that was a negative for the team, which for a player his age and what you're asking for him, it's phenomenal. 
That's all you yeah. can ask for a guy like in his position, I think. Barial though. Barial. It's funny how Barial and Lucho are force multipliers on one another, where I think Barial plays well. I thought he played well in this game. As soon as Lucho got on the field, his game turned up a notch because I think the two of them are special with each other, which is an interesting dynamic. Yeah. Brenner and Lucho, I think, also have a similar dynamic, but the, yeah. the Barrio Lucho connection is very, very good. Um, and yeah, he, he looked incredible again this game. He had, uh, uh, he, he does a number of these, like, saves the ball from going out of bounds and turns it into a super dangerous cross out of nowhere move. It's like it becoming his trademark in my mind that I'm absolutely loving. And he that had is, another his, rip. His yeah. switches of play too. Yeah. It was like a yeah, new tool yeah. he's added to the bag in just the last couple mo- like weeks where he will get the ball in some space and then flip the field of play immediately. And he did it once tonight. He did it a bunch when we had Alvis Powell in that DC game. And it really offers the team something completely different when he's starting to develop that full field vision to see how he can manipulate space and get the ball to space, which I think is really cool to watch. Yeah, The thing to remember with Barrial is he's still like 22. Yeah, he's really young. Like he's been he's been with the team. He's like in his fourth season with the team because he came at the end of 2020. Wow, he did, didn't he? And he's 22. Like 22 like, years he's, old. <laughs> he, has, he has already gone through so much like progression as a player. And he's hitting his peak. Yeah. It's good. And, and I, looked up, I looked up this week. Um, there's not a defender with four assists or more in MLS. And Barrial has four assists. Does every MLS fantasy player have Barriel on their defense? Because he has to be. He has to be the best defender in MLS fantasy. I was watching uh, the. I was watching the um, Philly Minnesota game last night in Open Cup, mm-hmm. and somebody was talking, and, and they were like, "Oh, uh, Kai Wagner is the uh, best left back in uh, MLS." Mm. I don't think so. No, I think it's Alvaro. Unless they're splitting hairs about wingbacks, but sure. I think yeah. I think Alvaro's I think Alvaro's past him. I think Alvaro is is it. He is him. Yeah. <laughs> Starting I think Alvaro he- Alvaro was like arguably like the most important player in our team, like week in, week out. It's, let's not get let's not get ahead of ourselves. It's still Lucho. Acosta. It's still Lucho. But <laughs> yeah. Alvaro is like number two. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. if you want to put him as number two, I'm not gonna argue with you on that. Like he has been what he does, and it's so it's so apparent what he does when you compare the side he's playing on to the side Gaddis plays on yeah, or yeah. even the side Powell plays on when like part of what was doing, what was getting Powell so much space is that teams are focusing so much energy on Alvaro and his side of the field that it was leaving Powell just enormously wide open because they're like, well, we'll take our chances with him if they can get the ball to him. <laughs> oh, that is true. Uh, I, yeah, uh, just overall it's a, solid performance. It's a good this win. It's a good yeah. win. It's, it's an open cup win. We're what, four wins away from a, tro- uh, a trophy. And this is the furthest the team has been in the open cup since 2018. You love yeah. it. Yeah. You got to love that. This is yeah, it feels good to be to be winning these games again. Um looking ahead, 
Uh, I was I was looking at some of the results before we started recording here, uh, trying to figure out who's likely in our four team pod, and I suspect we ended up in a pod with New York Red Bulls, Columbus, and Pittsburgh, with the possibility of losing Columbus for Chicago. Um, but I think that's I think that's our group based on how the other groups have gone. So. We could potentially, so the, the draw is tomorrow. So by the time you've listened to this, there's a decent chance this draw has already happened. Uh, the games will happen on May 23rd to 24th. I don't know if you've memorized FCC's schedule too much. Hell is real May 20th. Yeah. And then hell is realer. Four, four days later. <laughs> It's the cir- it's hell Dante's, is still real. It's Dante's circles of hell. There are multiple it's circles of hell. It's a Herodimus Bosch painting. <laughs> <laughs> it could very well end up with back-to-back Columbus matches. Could they both be at TQL Stadium? That would be insane. Do you use the same TIFO twice? Probably not, but it would be a little funny. I would give, honestly... I would give if if we play Columbus on the 20th and Columbus here again in Open Cup on the 24th. I would I would rotate for the regular season match. No. Yeah. No, no, you can't yeah. do that. No, you can't. I do would. That. No, 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 no. I would. You, you, know, you can't do that because. No, here's I would. The no, I don't care. I don't care. Here's the problem. <laughs> I don't care. Is that if you lose on the 20th, that makes. The, the open pressure, game, like the most must win game that this team has played probably since Detroit City. But you still might lose on the 20th, even if you don't rotate. Well, then you yeah. run it back and play the starters again in the next game. You have to win one of those two games. You losing both Columbus is not, rotates. Yeah. Losing both is not an option. I don't know. That would be, I mean, winning both would be insane. Oh, boy. I want to win. Uh, I want to win open cup games. I want to win open cup so here, bad. Here's what you do: is that if they win, uh, the open cup, the hell is real on the twentieth. The team makes an announcement that everyone's match ticket is good to come back on the twenty third. Absolutely, and that Ooh, like hundred percent that like it's going to stay in your seat, geek app. If you had a ticket to hell is real one. You also have a ticket to Hell is Real Two. Come back and if and somebody run it back. and if somebody has a ticket in your seat for Hell is Real Two, it it automatically kicks over to like the next best available seat. Yeah, just just it's it's got to be like, hey, thanks for being a fan. Sell the, like here's your ticket. Let's Come, go. Let's go. Yes. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> we need if if we, if we have Hell is Real Two on the twenty fourth, we have or the twenty third, whichever day. Yeah. It has to sell we out. Ha- we have to go. What's the what's the thing, uh, Chief? Full sale or whatever. Full send. Full, Full send. send. Full send. There we go. Full oh, yeah. send. No, it's got. It has be... to whip. Yeah, it's got to. Sl- <laughs> it, 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 it has to. It, it has to slay. Has, it has to slap. Yeah, it has to. It has to. Lizzo. Just cut out all the middlemen. <laughs> it has to Lizzo. It can't Jack Black. It has to be one. It That's has to true. Be it has to be yeah. Lizzo. Yeah. I am very much not looking forward to an away Columbus game on Wednesday. That would be the worst case scenario. 
I'd be out of town that week, but I would go if I was not out of town. <sighs> what about what about so if it, what about if it's in Pittsburgh, your second home? I'm out of I'm like fully out of town. No. Oh, no. <laughs> We're all going to crash Grayson's Pittsburgh if it, hideout. If it was in Pittsburgh, <laughs> I would try to convince my wife to move our vacation to the following week. There we go. That's fan <laughs> commitment right there. That's what I'm talking about. Because like we could go because we could like just like reverse our road trip. And yeah, I think I think we could do it. If okay. it was in Pittsburgh that week. So here's the real question. When are right, so they're, they're four wins away from an open cup? Yeah, win them all. Win them all. Okay, fine. No, I get that. <laughs> what, is this the round that you have to start? Like, you win this next round. That's when you start traveling to games, right? Because now it's like getting, it's getting real. It depends where the game is. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, I see. I I thought you were gonna ask when do they start putting the full lineup out, but I see. No, the, you're asking when do... now. Now the answer is now. Like <laughs> if if they're playing Columbus, the answer is now. If they play Pittsburgh, right. the answer is absolutely now. Like that's <laughs> this is setting up very nicely for the New York Red Bulls to knock us out of the Open Cup again. Imagine, <laughs> imagine hosting the Open Cup final <sighs> against. Yeah. Seattle Sound. Anybody. I don't give a shit. They gotta come back. Just imagine <laughs> hosting it. They could host it against King's fucking hammer for all I care. Hosting the Open Cup would be tremendous. I would uh, I would move heaven and earth to go if if we are not if we make the Open Cup final and don't host it, I'd move heaven and earth to go oh, to yeah. that game. Well, I mean, I've told this story before, but when we were up two nothing uh, against Red yeah, Bulls, yeah, I was like, I was looking at flights. Uh, I was, I was looking at flights and hotels. <laughs> to the city. Like, I was getting shit booked because we were not only did we have, so like the way that was going to set up was that the final would have been like on a Tuesday, yeah, and then the U.S. women were playing in Nippert on like a Wednesday, like they were almost back to back days, I think. So it would have had to have been. So I had tickets to that too, and I was involved in some shit, like go to the open cup and then catch a morning flight back to Cincinnati to do another soccer game. I'd have gotten divorced. Like that would have been, <laughs> that would have been bad for the marriage. <laughs> so it's a lot to promise. And then oh, fucking man. Bradley Wright Phillips. And ugh. I'm telling fucking... you, I don't want to play them in this open cup either because no, I fear no man. They're, they're bad, but they're them. There is, no, there is no man that I fear that we can't beat one to nothing. We, we beat, we beat <laughs> NYCFC. Had never beaten them before. And I, a I lot don't fear of tries. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. lot of tries. Yeah, I don't fear anybody. Um, is there anything else we want to touch on about the Open Cup in general? Like I said, George is on Thursday, I believe, this week. 2 p.m. Uh, 2, 2 p.m. Thursday. 2 p.m. Thursday. And so, again, it, it might have already happened by the time right. you're listening to this. Around the horn, Kevin, what's the draw and where are we playing it? Jesus Christ. We <laughs> draw Pittsburgh here at home. Grayson? Uh, Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Columbus in Cincinnati. Hey. Oh, let's fucking go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Add this to the spreadsheet. This is an official prediction. <laughs> yeah, whoever, whoever does the spreadsheet. I don't Let's know do who it. it. I don't Let's know who go. does it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh God bless you. All right. Uh Let's go into part two. Part two, we've got rapid fire topics, and this is great because Grayson doesn't know what they are. So <laughs> you'll just have to sound off on them as they come up. <laughs> All right. Part two coming right up. 
And we're back. And again, I, I do want to say thank you, Kyle, for putting together the uh, the tracker for our predictions. And I uh, I want to call you out by name because I, I believe I'm winning the oh, predictions. So, <laughs> Chief, you are the only one with a perfect, correct score, though. So congratulations. Well, I've, I've been... I've been I don't want to hear it. Picking losses <laughs> so yeah. that we would win. Yeah, Mike in the Discord put together a betting tracker, and if we'd have been doing ten dollars bets on our our predictions so far, Kevin, you would have made thirty four dollars. I would have made twenty dollars. Grayson would have lost sixty bucks already. You know what? I, I'm happy to pay sixty bucks for us to be top of the table. No one else will say this, Grayson. Thank you for your service. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, no part two. We're gonna run through some uh, rapid fire MLS topics. It was actually a uh, newsy week, as it were, in MLS. And uh, I'll go ahead and start this uh, this first one up. Uh, Coaching changes around the league. You've got uh, Chicago and, oh my God, I really wish I had written this down. Who else, Grayson? Who else lost their coach this week? I'm not going to tell you. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, I've got nothing. I, I am absolutely blanking on this right now. Chicago and... New York Red Bulls, of course, You'll fired their head coach. Uh, not for any reason related to the uh, the racial insensitivities of their player that they refused to punish by any means. Um, and we got to imagine that uh, Greg Vanny's seat is getting warmer and warmer in Los Angeles. All of these changes... Chief, I'll, I'll throw it to you. It's got me nervous about our all-star coaching staff. Sure, Noonan and Albright, but I'm thinking more Kenny Arena and Dom Kinnear getting looks by some of these teams. So it's funny that these coaching changes are both ridiculous for completely different reasons. The New York one in that if you were going to fire him, you could have at least pretended that you cared about, <laughs> you know, racial insensitivity and making your players having an inclusive environment for everyone. And you didn't care about that. So you missed the moment where you could have canned him and made yourself look good. And instead you wait. And it's like the worst of all worlds for New York. And then in Chicago, it's not him, man. It's their general manager and their sporting director. They've, they have whiffed on transfers and high price signings over and over and over again. And this guy's, he's just a scapegoat on this. But to your bigger point, Worrying about Noonan and Albright. The one that I'm worried about is that it was reported this week that Jim Curtin still hasn't signed a new deal with Philly. And there just continues to be more and more smoke around Jim Curtin going to the national team. And where I would be concerned as an FC Cincinnati fan is a return home for Pat Noonan back to Philadelphia to replace his his friend and mentor, Jim Curtin. So, yeah, I am a little bit worried about that, honestly. Yeah, I'm not I, I'm not concerned yeah. about about uh, Noonan or Albright going back to Philly. I think they've dropped another I think they've dropped enough breadcrumbs that like. It Ownership, feels like there yeah. was like a different it feels like there were like factions in Philly, like there was like the Ernst Tanner group. And there was mm -hmm. like the the like American group. And the fact that Jim Curtin hasn't signed an extension 
in Philly, even though he's in the last year of his deal. Yeah. And the fact that we know Jim Curtin was entertaining um, becoming the coach of FC Cincinnati. Yeah. And we know that Jim Curtin has said in interviews that he would love to coach or even assistant coach the U.S. men's national team. Tells me that, like, the people who would hire Albright or Noonan in Philly are also the obstacle to them actually jumping to Philly. Yeah, I can believe um, that. I agree that, like, Chicago firing um, Hendrickson is, like, silly, given yes. how many coaches they've had under the same uh, sporting director, and they've whiffed on every major signing except for John Duran, who gave them like two months of production and they sold him to Aston Villa. <laughs> and like maybe the ownership is happy about that. Maybe the ownership is like they love that they, you know, didn't spend much on this guy and they sold him for $20 million and they're just happy like with that hit rate and they don't care about the results in the league. So, um, but yeah. I think, I think. I think LA Galaxy is a problem for us. Yeah. Noonan played at LA Galaxy. Albright played a lot at LA Galaxy. And um, I don't think that... And also, like, uh, uh, Kenny Arena, I think, yep. was an assistant coach at LA Galaxy. He was. Um, I think Dom Kinnear was an assistant coach at LA Galaxy. I believe Feels he was. Right. Um, I know Tyrone Marshall played at LA Galaxy. Um, I don't like where this is going. <laughs> I think LA Galaxy is a problem for us. And I just hope that our ownership is committed enough to the team mm -hmm. that it never becomes a salary issue. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I just... If if somebody if somebody's willing to take like less money to go coach at LA Galaxy, you can't do anything about that. No. But make it a hard decision. <laughs> yeah. And also like I assume so like Albright's in Noonan, they're both at the end of their second season. I assume they have three-year deals. I don't remember any news about them getting extended. No. Mm. And I think three-year deals are pretty normal. Like, two- to three-year deals are pretty normal in MLS. I think Night Camp had, like, a two-year deal. Yeah. Well, Stam did, I think. Well, Night Camp did, but it was, like, August to August. Yeah, and he also did that weird thing where he didn't join for, like, three months after yeah. they announced him. So, yeah. So my my thing is like I really hope that we hear about extensions for Albright and Noonan pretty soon. Yeah. I yeah, mean, like very soon. Like now. Like the time Yes. The yes. Time, yeah, cuz like when you want to lock them up into a deal as far as I'm concerned is I would have already done it for both of them. I said that last year that I would have locked both of them into deals last year at the end of the season. But I would want to give them long-term deals ahead of the summer transfer window and let them go into the transfer window with the full backing and confidence of ownership that we are going to commit to you 
for an additional three, four, five years, go do your thing in the window. Don't I know they haven't I know they haven't won anything yet. But I do think Bullshit. that they've they've turned this I know, team I know. around. That's what, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like I know they haven't won anything yet, but they have turned the team around and they have like shown enough yeah. that I think that they've earned like long term extensions. Yeah. And we're not close to like the Marvin Lewis, like, yes, you like turn the team around, but you haven't gotten us over the hump. So we're ready to move on, like kind of no. place yet. Nonsense. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I, I, you know I, what I mean? I know exactly what you mean, but like what I would what I would shake Carl Linder by his lapels and his robotic personality. If I could tell him this, that like at that game against DC United on Saturday night, there were twenty five thousand people. They sold this game out in any other sport, in any other team. This fan base would have abandoned ship. Years ago, and they were probably one more year of that kind of like nonsense from them having to fight to bring the fan base back. The fact that they got Albright and Noonan in here and they turned things around immediately saved the fan base. It saved the ticket buying public for this team. They owe these two dudes everything and then some. Go pay them. I just I, yep. I have no. They should they should be in charge of the team for a decade. That I have no patience for not going out and paying them. And pay if them at the end of, at the end of it at the end of a decade, if you've paid them top of market and they haven't won a trophy, then like yeah, let's let's you know look around. But like yeah, there's no price tag, and it's not my money. But there's no price tag to me, right? For like what they've what they've brought to this team. And 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 the idea that like and like I don't know that anybody else I don't know that they're looking I don't know that like you know whatever I don't know what's going on yeah. behind the scenes with their contracts but like the idea that you know they could leave and we won't miss a beat is frightening to me yeah it's false yeah it's false because if they if they both if one or both of them leaves I don't have confidence in the the front office to replace them. I no, because we never signed it. We never like hired a president. <laughs> no, we did remember not. Remember that? Like we, we were gonna hire like a we were gonna hire like a president of soccer. And I heard an interview with uh Birding about it, and he was like, Well, you know, we we're good now. So Yeah. As long as you pay the place. guy as long as you pay the guy and it's keep like, the guy there, keep the guy in charge. Yeah. Yeah. And that like frightened me a little bit. Yeah. Because I still feel like we probably need like a person to run the team long term yeah unless we really think that like albright and noonan are here to stay but even then like there needs to be somebody that needs to run this as a soccer team and like merch and tickets and hospitality needs to like be united in the fact that they are a soccer team and just talking with people who work for the club i I get the distinct impression that that is not what's happening it is a very bizarre organization to be a part of i am i am looking forward to moving on from like like i think birding is like the ceo for the organization and business broadly is fine. Yeah, is fine. <laughs> but like somebody who like runs like all of the soccer hires, the potential women's team, 
the yeah. academy, etc. That still feels like a need to me. Yeah. I know that wasn't the question we asked, but <laughs> that's the question we got to, and that still feels like a need to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the person that would recognize what's happening with Noonan and Albright. And that the fact that they may be in demand. And we've seen it. It's not impossible. Uh Garth Curtin's Lagerway, in his contract year. Curtin's, Curtin's in his contract year. And he's being linked to the national team deal. He's being linked to the Chicago job. He's arguably the best coach, probably inarguably the best coach, the best manager in MLS. And we saw Garth Lagaway leave the dream job of Seattle, just won yep. uh, the Champions League, was off to go play in the Club World Cup, and he got poached by another MLS team. So it's yep. not to say you can't have these really nice jobs and still not be poached off. Um, and neither one I of these do want to. None of these people oh, have please. connections to Cincinnati either. That's the other thing, too. It's not like yep. they're hometown guys, they're not from here. So pay them, pay them to stay. Yep. Yes, please. Um, Thank you. Very minor, but I do just want to grind this axe for a second. The Athletic does nothing but puff smoke up Chicago, and it drives me absolutely insane. Um, even again, I read something about how uh, under new an owner, Joe Mansueto, they're still looking to find their footing. He's owned the team for four years. They've been absolutely hot garbage since then every decision that has been made that could conceivably touch the owner's desk has been bad with the possible exception of moving to soldier field and i'd probably even argue that looks like a bad deal right now financially they can't be coming out ahead on that one and yeah i don't know just maybe stop giving him the benefit of the doubt since everything Monsuito has done in chicago has been an abject failure but so speaking of <laughs> speaking of moving stadiums, yes, speaking hey. of our uh, opponent tonight, <laughs> NYCFC has joined the stadium porn revolution. We have official <laughs> renderings of Sponsor Field, which I thought was an incredible touch on these renderings. It's really good. It, um, it gives you gives you the sense of it. <laughs> really gives you a sense of what MLS prioritizes, that the one thing they managed to add on there was just the word sponsor. Imagine it could be you, possibly you. Um, but tell me where I'm wrong on this. 25,000 people in New York City, doesn't that seem a little unambitious for the largest city in America? I think it has to do with how much a stadium is going to cost per square inch in New York, and 25000 is about the most you can get before you start running into multiple, multiple billions of dollars of construction costs. I, I believe like over half of this project is being dedicated to like community housing and parks and a school and like Paying so off the much mob of it. Boss that's in charge exactly. of every single piece so of, much the of it. bolt and ribbit that's going to get screwed into this thing. <laughs> so much is just not a stadium for this stadium deal. Well, hey, you got a nice stadium here. It'd be a real shame if you didn't, you know, pay the right people and all of a sudden the supporters, the safe standing wasn't so safe. You know what I'm saying? I I have to imagine they're going to try to pick up TQL Stadium's footprint and wedge it into New York because we've built a pretty big stadium in a very small space. And I got to imagine we were we were the blueprint of some kind. But I don't know. I'm still even 50-50 on whether or not this thing ever gets built, right? Like, we've been here before with New York. Before de blasio was elected they had a deal in place they had everything ready to go at 
the uh, in the Bronx. Uh, they were going to utilize some parking spaces for the Yankee Stadium. They had a whole green plan to, ready to go. And allegedly, de Blasio showed up and, and killed the whole thing. They, they didn't wax, you know, his people's palms there. Wet so. the proper beak, if you will. Yeah. And uh, it didn't work out. And so now they're tacking on to another baseball stadium to build this out. So I don't, I don't know. Ever, I don't think it ever gets built. This is just going to be no. a running joke for the next 20 years. <laughs> I mean, if nothing else, their ownership group has the money to get this done. Whether or not they get it done is different. But So who yeah. will get their stadium done first? Where will we see an FC Cincinnati road match first in Boston or New York City in a soccer specific stadium? I don't think Boston ever gets one. Yeah, I think I think New York City. Because the Crafts already own Gillette, there is no incentive. At the very least, New York is playing in a baseball stadium they don't own. Although the Yankees are like a one-third owner of New York City or something like that. It's weird. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was happy to see that. Um, speaking of gross amounts of money i don't know I, i'm trying i'm trying to do my or, my chief uh, transition cr game cr crimes being committed in baseball stadiums if you will <laughs> <laughs> we've got the uh colorado winger uh last year is being brought up on charges in brazil for taking uh what was the equivalent of twelve thousand dollars to get a yellow card in a very specific MLS match uh, to, uh, to to placate some uh, some match fixers, some folks putting some weird amounts of money on a yellow card happening for a particular player in a particular MLS game, and he got busted for it. He is a current Colorado player. He has been uh, suspended from the team pending this investigation. Uh, it is pretty obvious though in that game he is subbed in and gets a yellow card within 100 seconds of being <laughs> subbed into the game which is really hard to do i think uh, it would be less it'd be less suspicious if he played for fc cincinnati <laughs> because yeah, it's very easy to get a yellow card if you play for <laughs> fc cincinnati or if he was in a game being officiated by guido gonzalez would also probably be yeah. a Back on our shit list. Yeah, the villain returns. <laughs> Somehow, yeah. Palpatine has returned. <laughs> it pretty much was the, the Guido uh, storyline last week. Um, no, I thought this was this was fascinating. And Chief, you 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 tied these two stories together for me. Uh, the Great American Ballpark was the uh, site of the Alabama baseball coach uh, placing some. Match no, fixie bets. Calling someone, like someone being in contact oh, yes. with their coaching staff live from Great American Ballpark's bet window before That's making some was. heavy wagers on college baseball when a starter got pulled. Um, so there I simply guess shouldn't I, be betting on college baseball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, anyway, you, go ahead, you go reach ahead. a certain level down where it's like, you know what? Like, if, if there's three cardinal directions in the school you're playing, like you can probably <laughs> fix the outcome of that game, no questions asked. If Except two people are betting on college baseball, one of them knows how the result is gonna go. <laughs> <laughs> this was a big game too. This was Alabama versus I think LSU or Clemson, or they were like the number one team they were playing. Yeah, that's too. fine. One of those guys is gonna be playing like a quarterback for Oklahoma in three years. 
<laughs> it's like a, it's like, a, like I didn't like make it in the minors. It's <laughs> um, a good point. Here's the, my favorite part about the Colorado Rapids story. That guy only got paid twelve thousand clams to fix his yellow card. I guess on one hand, he wasn't fixing the outcome of the match. This was something that ostensibly doesn't really impact who wins and loses. So I appreciate him not like throwing the game or scoring right. an own goal or something like that. But even still, like I would need more money than that to risk my career and risk all this that I've worked for for all this time. Um, well, the answer is something else is going on. Right? No, there's absolutely true. There's like a, there's a mob. Like he's he's either he's either you know fixed more stuff. That would be my suspicion. You know, and it's like an ongoing relationship or a mob thing is happening. So like, like they have his girlfriend. Like not he's to get, paying off a debt. Not not yeah. to get, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to get real on this, but like isn't that a big concern in soccer with like how legalized gambling is all over the world and where some of these players come from, where you know, this isn't to cast aspersions on, you know, first world, second world, third world, but there are a lot of countries. Certainly on Yersa Mascara, who I think would never. <laughs> like the only the only player I, I think who would never fix a game is Yersa Mascara. The guy the guy plays with a level of effort I've never seen. Like a thousand miles an hour. <laughs> yes. Just the, I love I love oh, that man so much. Yersa Mascara, all gas, no brakes. But no, seriously, like, like isn't all that all NOS, no brakes? Yeah. Hit the he hit the spray too early. Um, God, I can't wait for the new Fast and Furious movie. Anyway, um, wouldn't it be? Isn't that a concern that like some of these places, yeah. it, 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 they do have active organized crime, and it wouldn't be too yeah. hard to get a hold of a family member to be like, uh, now that betting is legal everywhere in the United States, you're definitely going to take a dive on this shit right here or do something stupid. Uh, yes. The Premier League was already rocked with a uh, a betting scandal. Earlier this year with uh, Tomini uh, being uh, busted, having placed like hundreds of bets on games, something like that. And uh, something I keep coming back to in the early 2000s, late 90s, the Premier League, not nearly as popular as it is now, was just getting into the like legal betting from overseas sponsorships. There was a lot of like Malaysian and Singaporean uh gambling sites and, and gambling houses or whatever that were laying these sponsorships and there were like weird instances of premier league games not being finished in the 80th minute or or somewhere around there because the power would go out and the lights would go <laughs> off and it would preserve a one nothing win or or a two to one victory for somebody and like super suspicious amounts of money was being placed uh, on on these games at, at certain times and it was I don't know. We all just pretended it never happened and it went away. Um, Syria has been, you know, found match fixing multiple times, especially with Juventus. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not impossible and it is the uncomfortable side of legal gambling becoming more prevalent is now you have more people with more motive to start fixing these games like that not necessarily the the mls example but the the alabama example when it's much easier to start placing bets where it's not super obvious if like your best friend or your brother is going to vegas or whatever every single week like 
yeah now now this is where it really starts to turn its head yeah so we'll see what well, happens maybe, maybe chat gpt will figure out how to track uh <laughs> players players gambling you I joke imagine. i guarantee you somebody's yeah. working on that right now you have to because if there's going to be legal gambling you have to figure out some way to figure out like yeah like, it has to be it has to be a constant like struggle to figure out like how do we make sure that like no players are involved with this or just yeah. like the chat the ai is like running the results of all games and everything that happens and looking for suspicious patterns or suspicious activity that correlates yeah. with yeah so i mean that'll that i that's not already happening it's going yeah. to be happening shortly i mean i, I assume know. i assume anything that they could do is already happening because as much incentive as there is to like rig it there's also like an equal or more incentive to like try to make sure that like nobody is rigging it and to like prove that somebody rigged it because yeah. there's money like flowing in on both sides right and if nothing else they have some nominal amount of regulation from game regulators that need to make sure that yeah no regulations fake okay <laughs> this is accurate um, and, I, and i know chat gpt can do this because chat gpt can do anything <laughs> this week i had chat gpt come up with new ohio state slogans um <laughs> Big new thing has been new food items for Taco Bell. And then my personal favorite, um, I was on a long car ride with some people. And you know how you get in like really stupid conversations when you're on hour 10 of an 11 hour drive. Yes. Um, in hour 10 of an 11 hour drive, we were trying to come up with the stupidest idea for a business possible to try and make money and get rich quick. And the idea we came up with was a, a BDSM themed sandwich shop called Dom Subs. And so I had ChatGPT create a menu for that. Um, all right let's go yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the oh, person God. making your sandwich insults you along your way down the line it's very fun yeah same <laughs> that, that makes sense uh, the only other thing i was going to say about the gambling is and i don't know how much you guys have gotten in deep with the legalized gambling tips and tricks etc cetera, etc cetera. but um these all these sites they follow sharks like if you win every bet that you place on fcc because you know fcc that well let's say you don't even have insider info like they recognize that and they will start adjusting lines based on how you bet and so you need you need to be careful because you're you're also betting against how the experts are are gambling there as well well i assume that they've been adjusting lines in fcc's favor for me, because I've been betting against FC Cincinnati as like an emotional hedge every single week. <laughs> I we thank you for your service. And I'm happy. I'm happy to pay $5 for a win. Hey, I want to make this clear. I am happy to do it. Your boy Are you saying you would pay an opposing goalkeeper $5 for a win? Is that yeah, what I'm hearing? Gladly. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll double gladly. it. $10 for anyone. I yeah. had $33 this week betting on uh, Nick Castellanos to hit a home run the day after Bob Huggins went off the deep end. <laughs> easiest, wow. money I've, easiest money I've made. <laughs> That's so good. Oh, boy. <laughs> that, that, that also happened. Oh. I uh, did not make the rundown here. Uh, uh, what's we'll, the rundown? Let's we'll go. We'll go with this one. This is the last one. Uh, we didn't touch on it uh, last week. San Diego is very well poised to be the next potentially final, definitely not no. final, San Diego. MLS expansion team. Uh, this is uh, coming out of uh, the San Diego. Yoni. 
<laughs> yes. The the San Diego Tribune, I think is the name of the paper there that had all of the details. The announcement could come as early as next week. Although MLS does this really dumb thing where they announce it and then start negotiating with the ownership group to finalize it. Um this so we is have a billion dollars transfer uh expansion fee. I don't I don't I, that part makes sense. I just figured I'd do the whole pomp and circumstance and no, celebration sorry. after the after the deal. Um, yeah. This is what got Sacramento, by the way. They did the giant celebration. Everything was good. And then the billionaire backed out. Uh, but it looks like they'll be playing at Snapdragon Stadium, which is where the college football team plays. Looks like they're poised to also po- where the, uh, the NWSL team plays there, too. Yes, which has been selling out games, not where the USL team plays. They play at a different college football field. Um and Snapdragon, uh, infamously now, it's a, it's a new stadium, has no shade, no coverings. And this ownership group is going to put up about $75 million to put up canopies over the stadium. With the Apple deal, though, I don't think there'll be very many daytime games, but there you go. Uh, San Diego Loyal, not a part of this deal, Chief. Is it awkward that MLS is going to drop a competing franchise against Landon Donovan, the namesake of the league's own MVP trophy. (laughs) It's a little weird. I assume Landon Donovan will emerge somehow as part owner of whatever this new project is and abandon his USL thing. I think that's the likely outcome here. I think abandon the loyal, abandon the loyal. (laughs) (laughs) You know who the real winner in this whole situation is, is, is the Northern guard of Detroit city, because hasn't this been like their nightmare boogeyman scenario they've been peddling for over a decade that mls is just going to show up one day and drop a corporate soccer team right in our backyard and we're going to fight back it's like turns out you can't the loyal have no power in this situation they're just gonna they're just gonna take it (laughs) yep especially with the stadium already existing um it's an Egyptian billionaire who owns a couple of other teams around the world, plus a uh, Native uh, American tribe, local Native American yeah. tribe. Who, yeah, no, I mean, good on the them. biggest casino in the area, I think. Yeah, and um, yeah, it looks like the expansion fee. Yeah, like you said, half a billion dollars, and this is we're now moving into NHL territory for expansion fees. MLS is is sneaking up there. Uh, quite a bit, but yeah, I don't you know, know with San Diego coming in. It's, yeah, it's, what do you got? It's shocking. I always forget San Diego only has one other professional sport. It's a big city, and the only team there is the Padres right now. Yeah, lost the Chargers, and do they ever have a hockey team? No. Yeah, but the no. Padres are splitting time. They're sharing their space with the tent cities. Oh, are they? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just call I, them the dads. Uh, <laughs> the uh the clippers I, uh, I was in, used to I was be in, there yeah no yeah the clippers <laughs> used to be there now they're the la clippers the Chargers used to be there now the LA los chargers. angeles chargers <laughs> so this and so then the this new san diego soccer team will eventually become la united playing in los angeles at some point yeah lafc gets relocated to vegas galaxy gets relocated to phoenix san diego moves to la well, they're they're still talking about relocating some team to Vegas. 
I we've already discussed this. I'm, I know. I'm game I for know. anybody. I'm yeah. game for anybody though. Yeah, except for Ex- FCC. Nah. <laughs> how dare you, sir? <laughs> sir, how dare you? I'm good. You? I've had my fill. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Win the open cup and everything's on the table. Then at that point. <laughs> no, no, no. All right, so I want to finish uh, up. Yeah, I, I, we can't Please. be a Thursday show if we don't have one non-soccer item. I want to run this Please. by you guys. Um, we're talking about uh, the Habsburg that races cars. I mean, we can, but. No, no, okay, that's fine. No, I would. I want to talk about the fact that it looks like the Brent Spence Bridge may be getting delayed again. They want to study a new plan to divert the bridge and do some stupid horseshit reclaiming land. Will the Brent Spence Bridge ever get built? No. Yes. When Brand, Brandon already gave us the money. Right, but now they're, they're they've said. No, hold on. We want to do a different plan now. And if I know one thing about the government, it's when you say, hold on, I want to do something different. The who money said, goes away. Who said we have to do a different plan? The city council. They just voted Mark on Mark Mallory? No, city they- of Cincinnati approved the bridges together, bridges across America, whatever their plan is called. Did anyone, anyone tell Aftab about this? <laughs> he was too busy recording videos with the Bengals pretending not to be a jabroni. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like, we already got the money from Brandon. Right. He did that. <laughs> he did that. <laughs> and now the he's going to take, take that money back. And maybe when we get our shit together, they'll try it again. <laughs> I don't I don't care what Mark Jeffrey says. We got the money. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want the money. He wants to bridge forward or whatever the hell yeah, they call it. He, he, he can ride his bike around town and just like, <laughs> you know, go to do that bridge over by uh, Lunkin. He can enjoy that bridge and we'll have another bridge. <laughs> you have your own bridge. We, we have a bridge at home. <laughs> yeah. We have bridges at home. So it, would be, it would be, it feels like it would be insane for city council to like kill the, the, the already planned Brent Spence bridge project. That's what they're doing. They voted and said, we don't like the plan. We want to do a different plan. They formally asked ODOT to review their new their new proposal. This is this is a very Democrat thing, <laughs> which is In like fairness. we're too we're too powerful. We need people to vote for the other party. Right, we're too close to the, we're too close to the finish line. We we're so we're so close that people are going to expect us to do something. We need somebody to vote for the other side so that we can blame the other side for not doing anything. It's just this is cr- very this is very Democrat. It's the Politi- yeah. Political equivalent of the meme with the guy sticking the uh, the stick in the bicycle. Yes. Like, why would I do that? <laughs> I I will say the new plan is pretty nice. It's like also it. it's also ridiculous because they've got the money to build the other one. Just build the other one. <laughs> it's yeah, already there. We're so close. Just build it, I, so I don't have to hear about them. Ha- I don't need any more fucking photo ops in front of this build this bridge. I don't need any more people talking about building it. Build that, build the Western Hills Viaduct and stop talking about it for the love of Christ. I'm sick of it. Find a new product. <laughs> maybe maybe the new one will come with a uh, a light rail track down the middle. Um, either Grayson is a world champion staring contest competitor or we've lost him. <laughs> <laughs> it was a hell of appearance, an appearance while it lasted. And there, and there he goes. goes. Okay. And there he goes. <laughs> And on that note, do you have anything else, Kevin? 
I think that's a postcast. Then I'm going to say it. Fuck Columbus. All of the music in this podcast was done by Jim Trace and the Makers, an amazing local Cincinnati band. You can find more information about them in the description of this episode. Also, be sure to check out The Post Cincy at thepostcincy.com. That's where we're posting our written content. You'll find a wide range of content there posted regularly. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast app. Or better yet, share this episode with a friend, a family member, a fellow FC Cincinnati fan, somebody you think might enjoy this content, please send it on over uh, to them. We would really, really appreciate that. And if you haven't done so already, we do have a Discord server. Feel free to drop in and join the conversation happening there. Again, links to that can be found on the website or in the description of this episode. Thank you so much for listening.